Hiya. Hi, Tom. Hey, Sophia. You all right? Um, yeah, I'm okay. Just a bit stuffed full of food. All um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a bit sluggish. What happened there? And obviously, it's a bit hot. And we had Chinese. And it was really nice. Yes, we did. Yeah. Well, yeah, speak for yourself. Mine was very disappointing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I sh- I didn't know you were going for soup. I always soup's never like a go-to for me. Yeah, because so it's just like you're I just basically... saw some grayish-looking. I know mushrooms are gray, but these look very, very. I don't know. Whatever, it's done now. I don't. It's just like a starter. It's not. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling very hungry. I think Joe, you know, this weather is really getting us as well. Well, changes your appetite, doesn't it? Yeah. When we're about to go into a heat wave. Anywho. I know it's gonna be crazy, but yeah, I I'm okay. I hope you are too. But I won't lie, I'm a little bit apprehensive because mm-hmm. this is quite a serious topic, mm-hmm. and it's also in the backdrop of quite a horrific event that I don't want to come across as insensitive insensitive towards. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, if if we're honest, you know, we we saw what was going on with the Reading stabbings um, and three uh, three innocent lives were taken. Um, uh, James Furlong, David Wales and Joe Ritchie Bennett. And yep, they were horrifically murdered. Yeah, whilst they were in a park, right? Um, Is that the exact details? Yeah, something like that. And basically, you know, it's difficult because this brought up a lot of um, the the kind of, I suppose, the reaction to this event brought up a lot of uh, kind of misleading kind of uh, media attention. And it also brought up a lot of like personal feelings for me. Uh, and you know I don't uh, if I'm honest like this this podcast is going to touch on the Reading stabbing but I think uh, stabbings or the the killings in Reading what's the right term it would be a killing this isn't the murders I mean what what do you call I mean I'm looking at the BBC news and they say Reading stabbings that feels I'm just going off of what the article says but I don't like that personally doesn't sound right to me but I don't know what else to call it it doesn't acknowledge the fact that three Three innocent lives like yeah Um, and so you know this this will touch on that Um, but at the same time I I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like we will go into the broader implications of this but also the very personal uh, kind of experiences I I think just to put it another way like we're gonna look at it from the like the media side of of the equation like because obviously it was a developing story yeah and the nature in the way that it did develop was quite interesting in of itself and problematic yeah so we're not like i guess yeah to make the distinction we're not necessarily like advocating one way or another or yeah no we're not but at the same time but we're interested in in terms of because how it played out was very like um very interesting and i think basically interesting to the point that we thought it was worthy of doing a podcast yes 
but I would say not interesting and like, hmm, let's discuss. It was yeah. more of a like, I my blood is boiling, and I've got I'm basically like personally triggered by this, and I, at the end of the day, like regardless of my intention, there are going to be people that listen to this and think it doesn't matter what your intention is, you're taking attention away from the victims by speaking about everything else but the victims, right? And we always, when we look at these kinds of incidents, we look at how the media portrays different, um, uh, how they portray the, the victims and the perpetrators. And we always seem to give attention to the perpetrators. Like in the US, when there's a mass shooting, there's like full on profiles on the mass shooter, where he went to primary school, where like, you know, and there's a lot of calls to say, can we stop naming the perpetrators of these things can we give attention real attention to the victims and i i get that and i agree with that what i will say though is that what i'm speaking to or intend to speak to is not to spend attention on the perpetrator as such but to explain the broader implications of how the media portrayed the situation and at the end of the day I don't know the victims or their families. I don't know, I like, there's, the, and even the media, even the police, the MI5, like there aren't answers. There aren't conclusive answers as to what's happened. Um, and I guess that's my point, is that we want to sort of speak on the fact that everyone kind of jumped, jumped to conclusions and planted seeds that will now forever stay there and impact many people around the world and this goes beyond the the event itself is what i'm saying so also, the yeah. other thing sorry just to um like sign off of where from where, where i'm coming from you're gonna you, like i'm a muslim woman i'm a muslim and i'm impacted by this in a personal way you're gonna take that and run with it however the fuck you want you're gonna say you're not of course you want to defend this and this and that because you're a muslim you've got personal vested interest in this look listen to the whole thing and then make your decision but there's going to be people that even after all of this they'll go yeah well she's like oh she's muslim so of course she supports palestine what you know what i mean like there's so many judgments and i guess if you're one of those people you're kind of proving my point you're proving my point if you're not willing to actually listen to the nuanced opinions of a muslim person and understand where they're coming from um and the reason i'm saying muslim is because the whole thing was kind of you know perpetuating uh, a narrative he was arrested under the terror terrorism act and there's a lot of stuff around that to do with islam um so that's that's kind of where i'm coming from tom um i feel like okay well let's moving forward um let's just outline what we saw over the weekend so obviously reports came in um that there had been an incident that had taken place in reading mm-hmm. um and at first this, there was speculation um that this had something to do with the black lives matter um protests that were yep. happening in the city at the time so initially when there were reports of stabbings like you saw certain people and certain characters on on social media networks namely twitter 
trying to pin it on the Black Lives Matter movement because you know there's already like these narratives swirling around that like um, Black Lives Matter has been infiltrated by Antifa or yeah. they're no good like people are basically like you can tell like the vultures are, are circling and, and they want to um, they want to diminish or they yeah. want to no, like that's yeah. a good word like for they... example like the whole Tommy Robertson uh, like yeah. off, like you know the drawing people like basically tempting black people and their supporters to come out to have a confrontation of some sorts with like his racist followers um like there's just been repeated attempts so again when when the news came in on 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 the weekend that an incident had taken place in the same place where um a blm um protest was happening immediately like people were trying to like you know put two and two together and connect the dots and be like oh look that some like someone's died and and this because of these guys like and and fulfilling like all sorts of like um you know negative stereotypes like the amount of right wingers that seem to go on and when i say right wingers i mean the extreme not the people that are like one nation tories and that Mm. um like the extreme far right wing like they love going on about like um the stabbings that happen in london and more time than none these people don't actually live here they paint the city out to be like um like a it's violent, a hub. violent hub you see um stupid crap going around about like sharia law no go no go zones in in london and all sorts so this incident was like it is it's basically like anything that happens seems to get weaponized and i think that's going to be one of the key themes that were um hopefully i can bring to this discussion it's just like trying to point that out um like the weaponization of different incidents and stuff anywho coming back to the chronology of what happened so um then reports came out um from the police that they're now treating this like a terrorist incident mm-hmm. um and then we learned further details about the perps the is they call him the perpetrator the person yeah i guess the person that committed murder in this the murderer yeah the murderer yeah <laughs> he murdered people he's and a murderer. By the, yeah I, anyhow I will, we'll make it clear we're not not condoning it no no and there's the thing is like there's going to be people that will just literally pick apart everything we say and like as if we're trying to defend it we're not he's a murderer he deserves to be in jail for the rest of his life for what he did so who he is so um okay yeah so that so then the next thing that started happen as we said was so we've gone from possible blm um connection okay that's been dismissed to um the guy like this is a terrorist incident then it's like oh no here we go again type situation and then we find out about the guy we find out that he was from libya um so that already ticks like a narrative box that we're we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're all familiar with um and then what was his background so he came over when he was young he was w- he was a refugee he yeah, he, he was- fled libya libya was in a civil war he fled Libya, was a refugee, he moved to Manchester, having having a good old time, came to Reading. He, as soon as he got to the UK, he displayed mental health issues. He was on the NHS's radar, he had a mental health key worker assigned to him. MI5 looked into him as well. MI5, he was on the register for MI5 last year, summer of last year, and they didn't identify anything to kind of look into further. So there's questions there on like, why was he on your radar? Because he had intention to travel somewhere. Um, And 
I don't know the I don't know the full details of this, but we we but we do know that there's many people in the UK that are profiled for no reason whose moves are um, subject to questioning just because they're brown people that have intentions to have a holiday in Pakistan or whatever yeah. the fuck. We know we know people in the US that deal with the same thing. Every time they get on a flight, they're profiled. Like this is a real thing, but and you have to ask yourself, like, if he was not called Khairi Sadhala, would he, you know, if he was called Bob Jones and he had intentions to travel wherever the fuck, like, would we be asking those questions? And MI five ultimately didn't find anything. Yeah. So again, all these all these details started coming out, and then the most interesting of all that I didn't know until you told me, Sophia, was that he was he's a Christian convert. Allegedly, or or something yeah. like he he was seen before doing. He was like a regular volunteer at a church, um, and then there's other reports that he did actually convert to Christianity. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anywho, I'm saying all this to say that like, as this stuff was coming out, you could see people like. I, I, again, I can't assess the intentions of everyone, but from my personal feeling it felt like people didn't necessarily care about the victims they just cared about trying to weaponize the situation and seeing what shoe could fit yeah to suit their agenda or to like yes. push their agenda forward so and that's first, not for yeah. justice that's so, not yeah. to get justice for the victims yeah we have so, to remember none of this none of this helps the victims to constantly speculate and spew out false information before you're ready, before you have the correct information, to spew out narratives about the perpetrator. What kind of trauma are you putting the families through? Do you understand? I'm thinking of like, you know, it's just popped into my head, do you remember? Shut your mouth. No, not you. (laughs) You're really like on one today. (laughs) I'm saying, I'm not to you. Not to you, I'm saying to like the media, shut your mouth, Wait, wait for further information. And let the families grieve in peace until you know something. Anyway. <laughs> you really took that as something else. <laughs> when have I ever told you to shut your mouth like that? I was just... Because I know you're passionate about this subject, so I'm not, like, surprised. Not passionate, I'm traumatised. <laughs> and then also... Uh, any, I could, I've, no, the media studies part of my degree wants to come out and go like, on let, let, let that, stories, so that's the let that dragon out <laughs> no i mean the reason why the media would pry into a situation like this is because it's seen as something that is of public interest and especially because there's like an element of danger so there's the public safety stuff so it's like making people aware that somebody's potentially on the loose but then obviously it becomes a really sticky story and obviously we know that the way that they're funded like mm-hmm. if something's sticky they're going to report on it no like no ifs no buts it yep. keeps things going anywho back to what i was saying is just that um so obviously i i personally feel like this is yet another example if we're just to get to the crux of what i'm trying to get um across here this is yet another example of um like following on from like the culture war thing that is that we were talking about the other week like people just taking a situation and trying to make it fit their worldview or their agenda mm-hmm. and like not really caring about um the situation or the victims and also uh, and the what i was gonna bring up before i thought you were trying to shut me down do you remember <laughs> um lee rigby the yes absolutely yeah um so obviously he died at the hands of of terrorists like who actually had connections and who actually 
like there was a long history on 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 those guys like they mm-hmm. were bona fide terrorists um but recently and then ever since that incident has happened um you found that like again super far right wing groups have been like weaponizing the death of Lee Rigby yeah and like constantly bringing it up and like using it as like a use case and using it as like a, a rallying cry almost for like their cause and then um not too long ago I was actually quite shocked um I, f- I forgot what the situation was that um that brought this about but uh it was during the, it was during the protests the mm-hmm. the Tommy Robinson EDL march um I saw like a Twitter thread where again same usual trope somebody sh- um posting a picture of Lee Rigby um saying where was all this anger and all this energy when he died and which everybody was truly disgusted mm. um and then somebody then countered that person um with an uh, an article from the guardian i believe where they did an interview with the family of Lee Rigby mm. and they were basically speaking out about how they do not like how their son is being used yes yes and I, again i feel <laughs> like we're at risk of the same situation playing out here um and like i know you want to speak on it personally but um the perspective i'd like to bring to this is just like highlighting um like some of like the geopolitical um side yeah. of it or like the political agenda or the way that it's used to like manipulate and like how it's used to conserve power and stuff yeah um because these acts are like it's and it makes me feel sad because these like like it makes me feel like we're in like a game of chess and like people's lives like we're merely being used as pawns or uh, this is something we can use to whip up the base and like it just dehumanizes the situation it it makes us forget about like the loss of life or because now i guarantee you like um, i've seen like a few pieces on on like stories just like honoring um the free men that died like i saw one of them was a teacher and like the news did a feature on on some of his students and that how he was saying stories of like how um when corona hit like don't worry guys we'll see you again and he was a history teacher and all the girls really loved him at his school it was really really touching um but what i'm worried about is is that we're gonna hear less about the lives that those guys led um and like like what they meant to their communities um and like their loved ones and stuff and instead it's going to be all all of the attention is now going to be rightly or wrongly but then also i'd say in a manipulated way is going to be on the perpetrator do you get what i'm saying and yeah, it's just like of course and then what and i'm not i guess i'm not trying to lessen it like it is important that we act against it and like we do take action to make sure that there isn't stuff that happens but when you compare this guy based on the information that we currently have on on the 23rd of june 2020 it he doesn't seem to have like the same hallmarks of like other bona fide terrorists instead they're trying to fit this guy into that terrorist box yeah so i don't know if you wanted to speak on 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 that I, yeah. I'll come back to it, but I, also, I, just, I don't want to rant for for too long. I, I just want to touch on what you said earlier about what the initial reaction was. So the initial reaction was we need to connect this to, B, to BLM, Black Lives Matter movement, the protests that happened in the same area earlier that day, and how they swiftly moved on to a terrorist kind of 
narrative as soon as they couldn't connect that this was connected to BLM. Now that just shows you how insidious the media is that without uh, just a heads up sorry so the media can you say the establishment because the okay the establishment the, yeah. yeah the establishment but okay but you get what i'm saying yeah it's so insidious that they are willing to take a really peaceful movement this is a peaceful movement vast majority did you not see the video with the horses charging at innocent people for no damn reason and then one of them getting hit by a traffic light and falling off its horse like this is there there is a systematic institutional agenda to criminalize and what's the word disenfranchise and manipulate black people in this country and we are taught our whole life that black people black men in particular are swayed towards criminality um and to to know that this was somehow connected to blm fits us nicely that fit that narrative fits us well because we are just looking for a reason to blame black people for the blm thing it's got to stop now guys you know it's resulted in three deaths and you've and you've all proven yourselves to be violent by nature right that's the narrative it didn't fit so they moved on but let me tell you something there are people in this country because of how seeds are planted there are people in this country that didn't move along with it even if they're presented with new information, they will forever feel a connection between the deaths of these three innocent people and the Black Lives Matter movement. Because an authoritative figure in the, in the likes of news anchors that they watch every day, or reporters, or jun- like journalists, politicians, politicians high seats like, of government, their what MPs for all we like, like who knows who knows what their MPs are tweeting every fucking minute. I need to stop swearing. Yeah, by the you've way. been swearing a lot, man. Like, whoa. I get it from you. I don't you swear. S- you on do. This podcast. Yeah, well, you swear every <laughs> you swear every minute after the podcast. Well, when we're podcasting, I don't. Okay, let me take a leaf out of your book then, and then I'll just let it all out afterwards. Jeez. So yeah, so like what I'm trying to say is that yeah, no, it's not that innocent. It's not like oh well, you know, we just follow the story. No, 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 you're you're following the story, but you're. What was that? Was that the bedroom? It's the wind, the door. It's moving. Oh, it can me. I just say this? It reminds me of that anecdote that um the lie gets halfway around the world before the truth even gets its pants exactly. on. Exactly, and if we're already at this heightened time where people are. That, like are trying to either understand or educate themselves in the situation and then to be associated with with a protest that causes deaths that that's you know jarring to people it plants is oh am i am i on the right side of history should i be supporting a group that's inherently violent you know so you have that side and then you have people that are already too far gone anyway and like this is just music to their ears that the blm movement has caused violence in some way like it's unbelievable we saw Patrick Hutchinson, this um, this black grandpa who doesn't look like a grandpa, but you know, he um, he rescued a white racist police, you know, ex police officer from from being basically trampled to death because he was one of them people that came to the 
to this Saturday, Tommy Robinson, you know, like we're all, we're all a bunch of, you know, racists. Here we are. Let's protect all the statues that are already covered up. Also, yes. case in point, him. You you saw the interviews with him afterwards. Um, yeah. Why why he was even there in the first because place? Because he felt like he had to protect his black brothers and sisters, nephews, nephews and nieces from not getting into from the trouble. narrative. Yeah, and yeah, from exactly. the narrative, he was not there. Because he, him and his mates saw that police had horses charging at children. And they said, it, I know we're not all supposed to be going out next Saturday, but there are going to be kids that are going anyway because they're passionate and we need to protect them. Not, not just from other people, but from themselves. Because if they are faced with a bunch of racists that are shouting expletives at them, we don't know what they're capable of doing because their their minds aren't matured yet or they're not in a good headspace or They'll it's play damn right or it's damn right racist nonsense that they shouldn't have to deal with and they would want to feel like they should defend themselves anyway this guy got into some kind of um you know i guess uh block blockade where like people were surrounding him and then trampling him and then Pratchett comes, Hutchinson comes to the rescue with his mates pulls him out so and then that was like, oh my God, a black man is a hero. Yay. You know, it was kind of like this thing where he had to he had to do this. And then he spent the next week on the, all the news cycles talking about how he's, a, you know, oh, you're a hero. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm just trying to, I know what you lot are like. I know what you lot are like. And I was trying to protect my people from the likes of you lot who would take anything, any scrap of negative attention and run with it. And I was not going to let that happen to my people. That was where he was coming from. So it's that classic trope of like, um, as a black person, you hear growing up, um, you have to work twice as hard, and it's like you have to work twice as hard in this scenario to keep the the narrative, like the negative narrative, off your back. And that's the thing. You can't make one small move wrong, but meanwhile, on the other side, they can be racist. They can do all this stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? But this the thing is like this said nothing. This is what I'm trying to say. It's like this had nothing to do with BLM, but the fact that they even made the link, that's now forever damaged the movement because there are going to be people in this country that are not going to open their eyes or ears to the situation because they associate three innocent white men dying with black lives matter well, i think it links nicely and, and it also um it, i guess there's parallels in terms of like okay so they're having to manage this narrative so that they don't get associated with a negative um aspect but then similarly and i guess you can speak on this like um as an arab person like the negative um narratives that's like for example the terrorist narrative and stuff that and you were saying to me before about how um, you felt like you've had to apologize or you felt like you've had to filter yourself again to like help soften or avoid that particular narrative yeah so I don't want to at the end of the day this episode is not about Black Lives Matter but um, I want to encourage you all to keep learning and educating yourself on Black Lives Matter on anti-racism the work never stops just because we're doing an episode that's not about it doesn't mean you shouldn't be about it also um weird plug here uh follow um <laughs> shall i follow the uproot club <laughs> on instagram <laughs> that's my new platform where i am doing anti-racism work and encouraging you to join me in that okay 
Um, so yeah, now I'm gonna get personal, I guess. Because what I can say, as somebody in a minority community um, that does that has white privilege, that doesn't deal with racism, but has still dealt with bullshit. Should I say, I should stop swearing. BS. Um, and I feel like what I can speak to or what I can relate to in in terms of the black lived experience is something of a narrative being portrayed about you and you feeling powerless to change it and you feeling like you have to mold yourself in certain environments or certain friendship groups or certain situations to not be that guy I don't I'm oh no 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 like I'm not that kind of Muslim right or in your situation I'm not that kind of black guy like I'm a cool black guy I'm 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 a black guy you can you know hang out with and you're not going to be in danger or you know whatever you do to mold yourself do you get what I'm saying yeah so um yeah so in that sense like I kind of want to speak to the personal experiences that I've had to to demonstrate that when (laughs) I'm getting emotional but when you see these articles come out, it it's crushing because put everyone put their hands up if when you saw three people being stabbed in Reading, you thought terrorist. You thought terrorist. Put your hands up. Me. I did. If anyone's listening, putting their hands up. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. Because I'm accustomed to it now. Because every time something like this happens, I feel like so on edge and so on my on my guard. Because it's another stain on my on my life in the sense of I feel like I have to answer to this. Um there's been so many situations where I've like had to try and I guess justify why I'm not like that and why I'm one of the cool people you know I'm not one of them Muslims and then trying to say oh you know Islam's not like that and there's only so many times you can say that before people are like yeah but the there's, you know, the evidence is saying otherwise, and you're like, oh, fucking hell, like, I don't know what to tell you, like, at the end of the day, people are gonna create their own opinions, and if you're, if all the information you're taking in from Islam is about what you see on the news, then you, you obviously, you haven't done your homework, um, and, or what you, or what you get from think pieces, but, like this is my lived experience like this is this is the shit that I've dealt with all my life um starting with I, I wrote down here like in year five 9-11 happened and I came into school the next day and my year five teacher sat us all down and said oh you know you might have seen all this thing on the news and you know two t- the twin towers and lots of people died and you know da 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 and she was explaining it in like kid language, you know, like we're night 10, 11. And a girl raises her hand and says, Miss, my mum said that 
Muslims did this and that all Muslims like wanted that are like happy about this and are celebrating that's what she said and I'm sitting there holding my breath like what that's not that's not my dad like that's not my family and the year five teacher I know her name I'm not gonna bait her (laughs) she said um yes yes I'll call her Sally yes Sally that's that's that your mummy's right that is what Muslims believe and they want they are celebrating today and I genuinely like went I was like shocked and I and I and then I went home by asking I asked my dad like apparently we're meant to be celebrating tonight like where's the party at kind of thing like I'm confused like my teacher said this but we're not doing anything about it and he was like we're not celebrating this isn't us like he would basically like shut 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 it down but it planted the seed of like well something's going on with this faith because some you know people are acting weird with it and then it just continued like year year eight another another situation in london seven seven and me being terrified that my dad was caught up in it because he worked in the area and yet again like feeling like this is somehow my fault this is somehow something i something i believe in or something my family believes in is is inherently evil and minimizing my faith like fully like not feeling proud of my culture another and like there there were some like muslim girls in school that were like cool and whatever and like one of I remember one of them called me a terrorist to try and like make me feel better (laughs) she found out I was Muslim and she was like oh you're a terror like you know she was like trying to make me like feel at ease almost by saying the worst thing you could say almost um it's kind of like the (laughs) n-word yeah like if we if we if we appropriate if we repurpose this then maybe it will be it will all be better um and and just feeling like affronted by that and then trying to like truly minimize my faith leave my like not be part of it i couldn't make sense of it um and then coming into uni and again feeling like i can't make i can't make my full identity known because it it would be you know it would be a problem and sure enough like there are many kinds of situations that i can pinpoint that were problematic um and just generally feeling like uh i had to answer for situations like i'd get into conversations and debates with with friends and then it kind of would take a turn or it'd feel like um I was trying to speak for my entire faith. And and then again, this is another situation another kind of situation, Paris, Paris bombings. Um and which one the Bataclan. Yeah. yeah. And feeling I can't yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I had to um I just felt so much anxiety because I'd now acquired more friends, you know, I'd left school, I'd 
started this kind of new chapter of my life and I'd acquired friends that were very different from me there were I knew two Muslim people everyone else was you know non-Muslim pretty much white pretty much middle class like and then feeling like I had to answer for certain situations and always trying to like fit in in some way and then the Paris bombing happened and I wrote this and if anyone's listening you remember this because you you probably liked it it was the most liked post I've ever done I wrote this like big old basically apology statement (laughs) like I literally said like I'm so sorry that this is happening like I don't know what to say and I feel so conflicted because my religion is peaceful and yet this stuff's happening and I don't you know if anyone has any questions about my faith please come and talk to me and you know da 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 like I was really like trying to trying to appease the situation and trying to apologize for it um without you know ever sort of trying to I guess defend my faith I guess that was a defense but it was like it was more of a case of I I don't want you guys to to think I'm evil because this shit is evil this the things that people do in the name of Islam are evil and there was no two ways about there's no kind of justification you can make for it but what we can do is look into it deeper and understand why it's happening because what we know is that suicide bombings and this kind of nonsense did not start until around 50 years ago like this is if it was inherent to the faith this shit would have been happening 4,000 years ago it's no wonder why this is a very recent phenomenon and it is all linked to geopolitics the same reason why there wasn't a Shuni, a Sunni, a Shuni. You know, if you have a, if a Sunni and a Shia person and they have a kid, they call them a sushi kid. Just saying. But it, there's there's a reason why there's only a Sunni and Shia split in recent history. It's not like that was an inherent it's not like cause of conflict. Today. And we have to recognize our involvement in the geopolitical sphere when it comes to the Middle East and how that creates problems. Because suicide bombing was is not something inherent to the, it's just not. Like this is a recent thing and we basically caused it. So, you know, and then it comes back around full circle to where a British citizen, this is all I've ever known, I'm Muslim. And every time this shit happens, like it, it it's just like this, it just weighs so heavy because it's a losing battle like there's it's almost like nothing I can say will ever will ever get you to change your mind about my faith you know and like there's there's so many aspects to the faith that are misunderstood and like I'm now at the point this way like I wrote that Paris statement or whatever the hell it was and I I was trying to find it the other day because I was like, I want to know where my headspace was at because I would never do that. I would never do that ever again because I now know, I mean, in the last however many years I've come to learn that I'm not supposed to apologise. It's not my problem. What they what they do is their business. It's their problem. And it doesn't represent me and it doesn't represent my faith. 
But the reason why I'm kind of burdened by it is that I know that on an internal level, but it still doesn't change the fact that there are people all across the world, there are people in my country, there are people in my in my actual like friendship groups that still have as an inherent th- feeling about the faith that I follow, you know? And it's like, how do I reconcile that? And I almost can't blame you because all you've ever seen is negativity. And if I'm honest, I was in the same headspace. I was indoctrinated too, right? From when I was 10 years old being told that I'm a terrorist and that I should be celebrating because I'm Muslim. From that day, we didn't have the name, we didn't have the word terror, like that wasn't a word in year five. Like she didn't say terrorist, but do you know what I'm saying? Like from that day, right through, through my school, through everything. Even when I moved to Morocco, and you had these white tourists coming in and trying to tell me that hijab is inherently oppressive. And I'm looking at her in a hijab going, sorry, like who the fuck do you think you are? Like talking, to, but there's this perception that you gather from from your collect your chosen resor- like chosen areas or chosen resources. And you've cultivated an, an opinion of a faith that you, you know fuck all about. And you now spout that off in the world. You you just believe that to be true. Even when you're confronted with a a Muslim like me who's so super normal, it, it doesn't fit your narrative. So you make an exception for me, but you don't make an exception for the faith. And that's a problem. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, and I was going to say, it just, it feeds into that whole narrative that we highlighted earlier, like... like the the a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth gets his pants on like and the problem the problem with this is that okay yes you can basically write off these people that have these negative feelings towards your faith and but it's systemic no i know i was gonna say like look normally yeah normally you would be able to write it off and be like oh that's just that person's view they just aren't like open-minded enough they're too closed off or they've been seeing too much of a of a negative portrayal that they're not even able to think for themselves and that's pointing towards what i want to say is that i feel like like these number one can i be basically people are being manipulated in my yeah obviously and they're not being allowed no, to use critical like, thinking. Yeah, exactly they're not being allowed to use critical thinking everything seems to be black or white it's like they're the enemy and when and then imagine so then you've got people that have been following this faith their entire lives like good upstanding let's people. let's be let's be real then, how many 1.2 1.3 yeah. billion people in the world and you need to understand that like our your perceptions of islam only come from the Arab world. But the high the countries with the highest population of Muslims are non-Arab countries. Indonesia, Bangladesh, like Malaysia, like it's not about a pa- Pakistan, like it's not about the Arab world. The Arab world does not represent Islam. And Islam is a worldwide religion. So if you want to try and spout off Islamic views Go to Indonesia, go to Pakistan, go to other countries in the world and understand where where they're coming from. Create a, a holistic picture, you know? Like, if you're constantly spouting off or you have this idea in your head about 
Muslims being inherently terrorists. Why don't you go to why don't you go to the mosques in this country that are being surveyed as we speak? They're being stalked and and surveyed as we speak under the prevent strategy, and they're just stand up citizens. They're your nurses, your doctors, your your rubbish men that go to the mosque to pray. Ask them how what what their faith is. Right? If you if like if you've somehow read somewhere that you know that, that that we're inherently problematic, then why don't you talk to why don't you talk to Muslims? Like this is the thing that bothers me is like for all the times that shit's happened, like no one actually asks me. No one actually speaks to me. It's like you're almost afraid of what the answer is. That it's like not convenient for you. Do you know what I mean? I, it just, it's like, it goes back to that lack of critical thinking. And you need to understand that like, this this is experiential. So as much as you were traumatized in year eight, when you saw it, seven, seven, how, how do you, because every time something like this happens, there's an uptick in Islamic phobic hate crimes. There's an uptick in abuse, an uptick in women in hijabs, having their hijabs ripped off spat at like this shit is it there's a knock-on effect like after 9-11 my dad was being profiled on the tube like this isn't this isn't a joke and you want to spout off your or or even foster your own like harmful opinions about faith you know nothing about do you know what i mean like i've been a muslim my whole life and i've been studying it for less than my whole life and even then i understand very like for the grand scheme of what it can actually do for my life i know very little and that's kind of the point it's a lifelong thing but i'm telling you now whoever's listening if you're not a muslim i know more than you do so why don't you ask me questions why don't you open up a dialogue what are you so afraid of you know because how many people here's an example how many people just inherently think that the prophet is a pedophile where's where's the conversation on that you want to ask someone why that is do you know what i mean where did you get that from you've been brainwashed like would it make sense for a feminist to follow islam would it make sense you know and then there's and then there's feminists that leave islam because it doesn't work for them for whatever reason right and there's reasons Look, the thing is, this shit is not without problems. Like the way, and we know. Let's take let's take the slave trade as a class, like as a classic example of how Christianity was used to manipulate. Right? They they literally pinpointed a phrase from the Bible, and then they used it to fuel their justification for why black people were less than. And then they created a slave Bible so that they could they could squash dissent amongst the enslaved right? This is what people do in the name of religion. Does it make the religion inherently bad? No. You know? Like, come on, man. That's like, my, critical that's, thinking. That's, that's the thing that I'm, like, most... It was part of the reason why I wanted to even have a discussion about what happened is, again, I just see the same old patterns playing out where it's, like, like incidents like the one that happened on the weekend with those three gentlemen is it's just seen as like a means to an end to like again just further a political agenda but then these people are doing so so mercilessly they're not seeing the collateral damage that's caused as a result 
and like for example if we take it to a much even like a, a grander bigger macro scale and stuff like all of these like war interventions and stuff they're not seeing like the, the impact the of impact that. that it's having like when they destabilize certain regions of the world and stuff and then all of a sudden you have refugees and then it, it's just it's a very it, very it's bitter so complex, and rusted and we are like, so complicit in it and, and we are actors we are active in it and the like how can i put it again the reason why i keep coming back to like the incident that happened this weekend or like other incidents that have happened is just that this might seem like a small isolated like incident but it actually plays into a much much bigger picture and it plays into again just feeding the narrative it allows it to keep it going it like it feeds it it's like a, a living breathing co- um creature amongst our society and it's just it's it's like the whole like divide and conquer like they quite literally are dividing us as people not allowing us to have our critical thinking facilities or to entertain the idea because of we need we need an us um, and them yeah, for and everything then, to make sense and it's just like they're it's like they're hacking our uh, our psychological like systems the way that we think and feel and stuff and it's just being done to like again like keep themselves in power because they get elected on an agenda that's going to be hostile towards the group that we have groomed you to hate and it's it's just and uh, can i speak to the fact that like i can only speak for myself but there is an internalized islamophobia that comes from that don't think i'm exempt from that when from 10 years old it's all i've ever been shown it's all I've ever been shown is that my people, my faith, my culture are inherently evil, misogynist, bad, outdated, medieval, you know, uneducated, dumb, stupid, whatever, you know, like that's all I've ever been shown. And when I'm in my safe haven of my home with my family, with my, with my, relatives it's a different story and when i'm in the moroccan country when i'm in morocco it's a different story but as soon as i step foot back in the uk and i turn on the news or i watch a tv show and they show certain like they just the way they depict my culture and my faith you know and it's like it's just it's just really it's boring and it's and it it you have to recognize that you are not exempt from that manipulation and and the fact that you're you're going to carry those views forward and you are going to feel some type of way about muslim people you are just going to feel that way oh and by the way arabs are not synonymous with muslims i'm i happen to be an arab well north african it's North Africa and the Maghribi region's complicated. Like, we don't know what to call ourselves. But anyway, Morocco just happens to be 98% Muslim. It used to be less because there were more Jewish people residing there. And then Israel was created. That's a whole other situation. Anyway, Muslims in Morocco, that's great. But in Lebanon, in Syria, like, in Palestine, like, it is a different, it's a different story. Like, in Egypt right so arabs is not synonymous with muslims so when we have these narratives shoved down our throat we develop a view of arabs and then we also develop a view about muslims as as if they're interchangeable 
And then there's this massive hole in the net where Arab Christians and Arab Jewish people fall through, you know, out and the Yazidis and like every like minority faith fall through. And there's no kind of representation for them or critical analysis of what they go through. Uh, they are just lumped in with everyone else. So every time there is a, a terrorist attack or something happens, they feel the same thing. Like there, there are Syrian Christians in America that deal with the same kind of BS as the Palestinian Muslims because they get profiled the exact same way, even even though they don't they don't represent Islam. They don't. Then they're, they're a completely different faith. They're Christian, you know. So, and every time we hear Allahu Akbar, we we just think that's to do with Islam. No, it's not. Like. Christian, Arab Christians say Allahu Akbar, they say God is great. And then they say Ibn Allah for Jesus, the son of Allah, the son of God. They believe in Jesus as the son of God. Like, read a book is what I'm saying. Like, it's it's just, no, you know it's the critical than, analysis is well, essential. Can I do one better than reading a book? Um, it came out like a couple years ago. Uh, I re-familiarized myself this morning with some of the elements of it. Um, it's a documentary film done by Adam Curtis called Hypernormalization. And it basically explores um, like the different ways that we as society are manipulated into going along with certain narratives to suit different political agendas. So say for example, um, so in the, film, in the documentary film, they covered um, the Iraq war and how um, how they had to orchestrate like a public campaign almost that like pulls in different elements of society um to get people on board with it another situation as well is colonel gaddafi so he was like demonized um um in the western world like again this is before my time so i'm butchering it but then after the um the iraq war they basically needed to um tony blair and george bush hatched a plan to basically bring him on side um but in order to do that um they had to essentially like again roll out this massive campaign to make it be acceptable to um for the western world to open their arms to him but basically long story cut short um that film by adam curtis is really really revealing because it shows you just how much is at play and it shows you like all of the insidious ways that like we are like our government yeah, our government or the establishment is like again just we're just i it makes me feel like we're just a pawn in a very very big game that we didn't even sign up for like no we didn't and we, how many people a million people marched for to not for us to not go to war in iraq but did we not? It doesn't matter to them. The and, people, and just... the, like, the people ultimately know, like, it's not our business to meddle in Middle East, Middle Eastern politics. And by the way, we're not here to educate you on a Middle East. Like, there is entire degrees for this, entire master's programs for this. You know, like, it's inexhaustive. Like, we, we have our own education to do. We know a little bit. We don't know enough. But what I'm saying is that we, at a fundamental level we somehow think that it's okay for us to meddle in other people's politics, but not the other way around, you know? And we basically, uh, I can't remember who said it. I think it was a comedian, but we bombed democracy into Libya, right? We literally just, and Syria, we just decided to meddle, be part of the, yeah, you like know, the quote, situation. solution. I'm 
created a civil war. I'm circling this back. Created a civil war. And then this guy, Khalili, Khalili, Sadallah, decides to escape a conflict that he didn't create. He escaped a conflict we created, seeked refuge in the UK, and here we are. Just saying. He also, I'm just going to say this now, he had, um, he has a history of mental health issues, but it's convenient for us to not cite that on first glance because he's brown. But if he was white, as are all the mass shooters in the US, they, they're labelled lone wolves, they're labelled as having mental health issues. But this guy, who has a clear history of mental health issues, he had a mental health key worker at the time of him killing these people. He was on the NHS's radar. He, his neighbours cited that he was mentally ill. But that's not, that's not the narrative that we want to say, because he's brown, and because he's got an Arabic name, right? So, yeah. I guess my thought on that is, is what, like, I know this is just like a little side comment, but like, <laughs> if we didn't take mental health seriously, like, in terms of like funding it, like, then well, there you go. that's just an illustration of just how important it is that we need to prioritize that just as much as we do with physical health. Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't excuse his behavior. Yeah, no, but I'm, it just yeah. gives an explanation. Like, and, and we all deal with mental illness, but there's some people that need to be on your radar. Yeah. right it's just yeah i'm like this whole thing it just makes me it's beyond sad man and again as well like as i said as we said i'm not skilled when it comes to international relations or geopolitics but i know for a fact because of how messy it is like that's part of the reason why you'll never ever catch me running for any high office of that <laughs> because, because you become complicit yeah because i feel like these again I, just, I keep going back to this analogy of it being like a game that seems to be in play that nobody wanted to play but because it's nations going up against each other for like resources and stuff like and we're just all just like thrown into we're the claw- middle of we're it clawing yeah. at- no we're it's not like- thrown in we are clawing at it no, if we I mean, vote in- representatives in with an agenda no, look, we are complicit no this the reason why i don't the reason why i'm i, I can't agree with you there is because i i feel i feel like the reason why i use the term that we're thrown into it is because okay we're thrown into it and then our media and and then like the public messaging and all sorts is done and presented in a way that yeah like, in manipulates. a package yeah so it's like can you blame those people that then go along with it because they're just thinking about like their safety and stuff and then they feel threatened because they've been whipped up into a frenzy do you get what i'm saying the yeah. same way how i'm saying that those people need to look at how nuanced it's just the same way that people from our perspective need to see how nuanced it can be for those people as well yeah like it's not it's not nothing is is black and white like and also as well like we were just watching this whole thing up on on hasmanaj and um patriot um patriot act about the voting systems and stuff like how like from the jump like even the act of voting yeah you might vote for the wrong type of candidate but the type of voting systems that we have particularly in the west where it's winner takes all doesn't it, it's essentially us just like rubber stamping them to then go off and do stuff in the name of of this country 
And it's just, that's why I can't totally wholeheartedly agree with you that people are complicit. Yes, yeah, they are. Yeah, because the cop- system yeah. is designed in a way yeah, that exactly. provides almost autonomy. That's why I, I just feel like we're ragdolls of different colours and different persuasions that can then be divided and, and conquered in different ways. Like, because we're and then not think being given, about... like, a, a true picture or, or, like, the true motive and stuff. It's just, it's, it's just sad. I'm sorry. And then think about... So why are we doing that? Why are we bombing these countries? Why are we quoting, you know, why are we quote providing democracy? Who are we to impose any political system on a people that we have nothing to do with? They're other than vested interests and their resources that we want to steal, right? This is just colonialism in a different outfit. Let the people of that country decide if they don't like Gaddafi or not. Let, They're trying to control them, the outcome. Let them decide. They're trying to control. Like, I know, it's but, just... but that's just imperialism. That is just we. Then that's when you we get... think we're superior. It's white centricity, white supremacy. As I was, was going to say, look, that's when you get look. Even if if war is not even involved, these days we're always hearing stuff about trade wars. That's another form of trying to manipulate somebody into doing what like. Um, what you want like okay you're not gonna go along with what i said well i'm gonna slap a tariff on on your your so for example if you're the french i'm gonna slap a tariff on your your french wines and cheeses that everybody seems to love so much and then basically cripple you into a point where at some point you're gonna be like yo i can't take this anymore i'm not able to sell into your marketplace and then it's like okay what's it gonna take for you to do to you know for you to take away those sanctions and then you then name your price it's just it's as you said it's like it has just take it's evolved into a into a different place and then some places don't even get the courtesy of a trade war it's they a don't get like, they don't just, get the cut Af- afghanistan is 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 messed up beyond measure because of what we've done but it's just like syria is is basically a non-state at this point don't even get me started on Palestine. Like, we're not going to go there today, okay? And then you've got Saudi Arabia bombing the living days out of Yemen with with weapons that we sell them. We sell them weapons to bomb Yemeni children that are being killed every 10 minutes. So, like, miss me with the Islam is this and Arabs are that and look at this guy coming here doing this and that because in this particular case he is a refugee from a country that we created a problem in he's now in this country has a history of mental health why was that not the first thing and why is he arrested under the terrorist act look I'll swallow my words if it comes out that he has a manifesto and he has ties to ISIS and he has ties to this, this and that. When it is linked, I'm the first to say it's linked and I'm first to feel some type of way about the fact that it's linked. Trust me, I'm a Muslim. I feel it, okay? Because it messes with my life, okay? So let's just get that straight. But when it's not linked in any way, we're just not as comfortable just drawing a line under it. We have to just keep that mystery in the air. Maybe it was... Look, he's still maybe a bit terroristy, 
but we don't actually have evidence for it and his mental health is sort of a non-issue for us no it should be it should be an issue in the same way not not to justify the actions but in the same way we love to tell people that are white that do these heinous acts that they are mentally ill whether or not that was a justification is irrelevant the fact is is we give them that that reason or that justification so then keep that same energy for the brown men sorry and then keep that same energy for black men that commit crimes like you know oh no but they're inherently violent so okay sorry my bad oh and then the the brown people are inherently terrorists because they follow islam even if he's allegedly converted to christianity that's kind of irrelevant come on man and it and this is why it circles it circles no, wait, no, that's around not irrelevant that's not irrelevant that's not irrelevant even if that is like we don't know if it is true or not but if that is true then that i'm just, saying that's what no, people say no but i'm saying if that is true then that further adds to the argument that like we're being like voided of of the ability to accept nuance yeah because our christianity is the english christianity it's the church of england it's the catholic it's the like if you if you ever meet an arab your first instinct is that they're they're a muslim and that is not okay because there are many 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 arab christians not as many as muslims don't get me wrong not as many they're a minority within arab countries but they're enough and they count and we should fucking give them some respect instead of just lumping them in with every other arab narrative we create you know like if islam was inherently the problem like i've said we would be having this problem for the last four thousand years of people strapping bombs to their chest and throwing themselves off situations like look this isn't me making justifications or explaining away someone that is has committed an evil evil act and may inherently be evil regardless of his mental health and deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life because he committed, he, he murdered three innocent people, right? That's, that's a given. But we have to understand why that, was, why that environment was created in the first place. And we have, to, we have to be open to that conversation. Because if we don't recognise our involvement in it and our complicity as a nation in it, then we cannot be surprised when this shit comes back around and bites us on the arse you know and that again like i don't know how much more to emphasize the fact that this it's not about justifying the actions it's about understanding where it's coming from because when we bombed the living days out of syria and then there was a refugee crisis and a two-year-old boy was dropped like found dead at the shores you know and and we 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 saw the the, the the shift in like Germany was taking in a bunch of people and like our government wasn't taking any people and then we had this big old uproar we need to take in more people yeah we need to take in every single person because we were complicit we created the problem so we bomb these countries and then we don't deal with the aftermath you know and then we worry about what the outcome of that is going to be like the, like just don't be surprised you know and then I just want to say like that goes back to the Yemen situation. Please look into that. Um, I'm not going to go into it now. And you know, and as far as like kind of where I'm concerned, like my personal 
situation with this like I'm just kind of this is the first time I've spoken on this from like a genuine place because every single time before this I've placated people or like do you understand like try to like navigate people's feelings on it look if you're not educated on the situation or if you're not fully educated on the faith then don't speak on it you can't speak on something you're not educated on like shut up like read a book watch some tv on it actually like here's a great book let me find the author it's uh, a book called orientalism i'll put the description i'll put it in the description and yeah read that that's a great book and then you know like get a clue <laughs> i don't know like just just think critically and if you feel some type of way about islam and you've got a friend that's a muslim i don't know what i can do for you like talk to me open up to me ask me questions but i'm not i'm just not prepared to placate it anymore and i'll leave it with this there's like the the hijab was like a situation like getting gawked at getting looked at getting like ill treatment whatever that was a situation a, a situation that was like a standalone thing i can think of where i decided to not give a shit about to not answer for people anymore or to answer for my faith someone asked me i hadn't seen them in a long time they asked me oh you know i'm thinking about going to turkey like what do you think I'm like what do you mean what do you think oh you know because like of like you know all the stuff going you know like it says like terrorists or something this person was genuinely asking me to like tap into my muslim islam database and check in on my isis pals to see if there was something gonna go down in turkey in time for their fucking holiday like you need to recognize that your ignorance on a situation is one thing and then how you treat people in the world is another right you get all this stuff on the media that's on you to now educate yourself but if you know muslim people in your life and you're asking dumb questions like oh my god like and i i haven't spoken to that person since i was like no i i actually don't want someone like that in my life i'm sorry like you're gonna minimize me to to something that is actually got nothing to do with my faith and you you you're like asking me to answer for something that i have no experience in oh also i'm not turkish so like let's do away with that one real quick like the the problematics of that situation of that conversation was so, like tenfold and it was like going at 50 miles an hour in my head of like what the hell am i in right now like the violation of this situation is is like indescribable and i'm not about this anymore and that's when it stopped like it's done it's done like i'm sorry like i'm speaking for myself yeah i'm not speaking for all muslims and there might be Muslims that are like, sis, you need to, you know, shut the fuck up. And like, <laughs> you're not speaking for, I'm not speaking for everyone else. I'm speaking for myself. But what I'm saying is like, I'm not about this. I, like this is, this has been my life. This has been my life is dealing with your ignorant. I'm, when I say you, I don't mean whoever's listening. I'm just saying generally, you generally dealing with your ignorance and your willful ignorance on a situation you know nothing about like I'm not about it anymore and I like I can't be for my own mental health like it 
like if I look back on my life and I think about all the ways I've placated and all the ways I've justified, always apologized, just constantly apologizing for saying I've got nothing to do with me as a human being. Like it's not the one, I can't anymore. And I, and I won't and I have not for a while. And it's a case of like, I've dealt with so many conversations where I've tried to appease people and talk and stuff. And when, they, when they're just not interested in hearing the answer, they've already come to it literally telling me, you know, Turkey, what do you think? No, no, or hijab, oppressive, right? I'm wearing one, shut the fuck up. Uh, I don't know, man, over it. Think critically. Sorry, I'm like, I'm riled the fuck up. And I've swore like three times. Yes, you very much are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's that's my, my ending point. Is Hi like... guys, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this was an emotional one. Like I, I it's it this shit runs deep. Please, please, if you know me. If you know me, please ask me questions. Like, every time something like this happens, I'm like, ask me questions. And no one ever does. Like, what, so you know, like, what is so wrong about having an open dialogue about something that's clearly, clearly a problem? Like, you're seeing this stuff, it doesn't add up, right? Or you've developed a, a way of thinking, and then you've got a friend who thinks and is a must like, so where's where's the disconnect that you think it's like, okay to be friends with me and then also okay to hold these views no like let's talk let's talk and it's not about like i'm gonna try and make you feel stupid it's just let's talk i hope that's coming across that like my intentions are i've always just wanted to have a dialogue but at the same time you know i'm not i'm not gonna entertain stupidness like what i've just stated you know, where someone's already closed off, already created an idea, and I'm just the exception. I'm not the exception. I am part of the religion that you have so many problems with. So deal with that. Have a conversation with me or stop being friends with me. It's one of the two. You can't have it both ways. He's done. <laughs> no, I just want to highlight and just because... What? It's really... I, I feel like I've got my point across in terms of, like, there's bigger forces at play here yeah no we have to cite that um that book you referred to no, i'll put it film. in the description no because like and that's the bit that kind of worries me is where like i feel like there isn't really like a solution like and the goalposts always move because there's always different targets like as we highlighted it's blm it's mm-hmm. islam it's people from the north it's P- londoners it's do you get what i'm saying like the target always seems to shift and like it's just and obviously, uh, like I'm, I'm not trying to minimize what what you've just shared with us today. Like, there's like the collateral damage on all of those or across all of those. Yes, like, it is it, collateral it's, damage. It is, it's like don't underestimate how deeply people feel, and it's just <laughs> that again the reason and why entire I'm so... communities are being stalked right now. Yeah, and then peaceful look... communities under the prevent strategy, and it's just. My thing is, is just that I really just hope and pray that there's like some sort of like systemic change of some sort so that we can start addressing these issues or we can start coming together and we can start learning more about each other from like a much nicer place. 
because it just feels like you're always just getting like the negativity of different like situations which then gets lumped on different groups and then that just becomes that group um i i, I just want my hope and my prayer i guess is just that things can be broadened like broadened out and if you can just please just try and be mindful of like when you see a news report being reported on the news and don't just take it as gospel like try and like be varied with like the amount of news sources that you consult when you're trying to find out about different situations don't just rely on twitter don't just rely on on bbc don't just rely on channel 4 don't just rely on 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 like one newspaper like try and bury up the Hell yeah the 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 places that you go to get your news don't just do short form news articles also do long form there's do you know like, what don't even of- do articles actually like like read journals academics have no, been talking about this issue for a long yeah. long time i was gonna say on youtube like for example in prep for this even though i didn't really execute a lot of the knowledge and stuff that i've picked up to prepare for this episode like i was watching lectures on like eu foreign policy i was watching lectures on oh yeah on, youtube's on, amazing on u.s foreign policy how the u.s like organizes itself to enact their foreign policy or like there's there's some basically i'm just saying all this to say that there's a wealth of knowledge out there and like you might not think that it has an effect on us because it's like foreign policy and like even the the word foreign like it means like an outsider like but no like it has an effect on all of us because at the end of the day like we're all one human race even though they try to chop and and change and and split us into so many boxes like we all are connected in one way shape or another so if one person in one part of the world is hurting like believe you me it won't be too long until you find out the effects that comes back to you so like for example if the people in the in the rainforest in Brazil are being persecuted and like they're the, like the guardians of the forest and stuff, and then like deforestation happens, like it, I know it it might seem like airy fairy stuff, but I'm just saying this to say that like foreign policy and foreign issues actually really do matter, um, and don't and underestimate. And we have a foreign secretary, un- yeah. right? Who. Uh, yeah, literally regard, just referred to kneeling as a Game of Thrones trope. Yeah, again, it's it's just so our foreign yeah, policy, our foreign is an absolute embarrassment. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just yeah, I'm just saying that like I know this is an issue. Like I'll be real. Like growing up, I didn't bat an eyelid to foreign policy and to I mean to international relations until I started working at a university. But I like it. I feel like it's the one area of politics that people don't really pay attention to that has quite a huge effect like on the world that it it's it's a lot of the elements of the world that we don't like but we're we're so far removed from it so I guess yeah if there's any like takeaway that I can give to you is just start you know just dip your dip your toe into the into the um into the water like there's so much information out there and yeah. in terms of like change that can actually happen like i guess the only thing you can really do is just like protest lobby well, your, your, your yeah your, like your the PM, mps MP. that um also as well just like if you can put out information that like shines a like a, a positive spotlight and try and push back against the negativity that is like unfortunately like bestowed upon different Don't groups of wrong. different kinds like, like there needs, isn't th- yeah. so here's a really good good i'll put it in the description rami is an amazing tv program my brother and i literally watched it and said we have not related to a show more like he he's it's a story of an egyptian american 
um who kind of is raised post 9-11 and what that and it's like a, it's a comedy and it's just him kind of searching for faith in life and whatever and there are problematic characters in that show he does problematic things it's not this rose tinted glasses view of islam or of muslims or of an arab family it's also not representative of all Muslims. Like, there's a lot of criticism of the show that it's not representing Bangladeshi Muslims or Pakistani Muslims or, you know, there is so much nuance within Muslims in general, within the Muslim community, the the, the Ummah, that you're not going to be able to find a TV show that represents all of it. So we just need literally hundreds of them to represent them. Rami is just one example of a show that is arab american i suppose and you know it's just a nuanced approach and that's all we need we just need to see nuance in this whole situation and it doesn't mean that you now come out the other side thinking that islam's glowing i don't like it's not that's not the goal the goal is to just park your indoctrination and be open to admitting you were wrong in some areas and right in others you know and the only way you can do that is to open yourself up to new information and new media and orientalism is an example rami is an example you know the, these are books that are actually critically like showing you another way a different light you know yeah, anyway that's, that's it let's it leave now. it there yeah all right bye tom yeah, bye guys I, I hope you've managed to take something away from today and Feel free to message me or anything if you want to talk <laughs> further or discuss anything. Yeah, what's your Instagram? Uh, no, if you know me, if you don't, then... Uh, he always does this. If you don't know me, don't talk to me. <laughs> because we don't have the, the, the baseline, I don't know. Maybe just say hi at a party or something. Okay. Oh, just quick little side story. Um, I was actually... Um, when I went to the kebab shop yesterday. Oh my god! Uh, no, another I trope. I, I was, I was stood Why out. are you? T- no. no, I was, I was, <laughs> I was stood outside, um, just waiting, um, you know, for the food and that. I saw this dog, um, like it was a cute little Jack Russell dog. He had, he only had one eye, um, and like you can see, he had like surgeries and stuff. And then, like, immediately this guy was, like, drawn to the dog and, and then struck up a conversation with the owner and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think, like, oh, wow, animals are, are great in that sense that, like, their presence, like, is, like, so a magnetic. Unifier. Yeah, and it, yeah, unifies people that wouldn't ordinarily get a chance to speak to each other. And I guess to link this back to what I was saying <laughs> is that I may not necessarily know you, but... I, I wish I had a dog so that I could get <laughs> oh to know God. more people. Like, because I, I really do feel like the dog will help enable like an expansion of my network. Oh my God. So, but until that day, I oh guess it's, I just have to rely on 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 pushing past like any shyness and anxieties I may hold. But wow. Was, okay, what a note to end on. Shout so, out to dogs. It, okay. <laughs> No, they. Uh, it's, it's, no, we're it's, not about to add another twenty minutes about you talking about dogs. No, no, no. We're gonna cut. They're it great off. creatures. Uh, don't tell me that. Like, I put you onto them. I still like cats. Oh my god. Okay, come on. Bye, Tom. But yeah, uh, that's a, a nice <laughs> note. I feel to end on quite a heavy episode. Yeah, <sighs> and now everything's fine. <laughs> Work and, in the morning, <laughs> and now everything's okay again. <laughs> Far from it. It's that's why, like, 
I've. It's hard to feel like there's a positive. Usually, I come away from no. These episodes, I feel like there's a positive. No, there's I usually fun. I'll be real. This is just my feelings. I usually come away from this feeling like, oh yeah, I can give some semblance of a solution, but. With this one, it's just because I feel like it's being played at such a high level, like no, such a high, that, high level. No, I get that, but we can just... educate ourselves. That's <sighs> what we can do. That's only gonna. That's a drop in the ocean, man. But it needs to happen. But it's just, it's I don't know. It's anyway, just generations and years and years of bullshit, and that's my first swear word. <laughs> <laughs> you got through this whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, take the L. Okay, come on, let's let's show it off. Hey, bye guys. Bye, Stuart. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>